Hey everyone, it's me, Lawrence, long time no speak. Uh, I'm here, uh, as always, <laughs> with Steve. What's up, Steve? Long time no speak on a podcast. Yeah, specifically on the podcast. Um, yeah, we figured we would do a little one-shot episode. Um, Steve and I were just talking about a few things and figured we'd record it. Um so before we get into this, uh, we do have a Patreon, but don't join it. We, we aren't going to be consistently producing episodes. Um, if you listen to this episode and are in the mood to give money, I will provide links for some charitable organizations for you to do so, too. But um, don't give us money. Um, other than that, let's jump on in. So, since the last ban... Online legacy events have not been firing. Um, there are two challenges a week. There are like prelims and other events, and they all keep falling short. Uh, have you been paying much attention to that, Steve? Yeah, I've checked it out. Um, it's one of those things where I consider uh, it could be the card pull, it could be an oversaturation of events so people are thinking oh i'll play in this one and then when you know because they've moved from like maybe they want to play saturday but not sunday and some people want to play sunday and not saturday and then there's the the whatever the other events called there's a is it preliminary critique or whatever i think they're prelims i i haven't been playing moto they're just the five round things i, I want to say they're prelims they're just um basically gr they're basically dailies to get right QPs. But, but there's like a lot of events right now, is what I guess I'm trying to say. Yeah, there's there's prelims of every format, and then there's multiple ones of like Legacy and Vintage. I want to say Vintage is also struggling. Um, basically anything older than Modern, which is... I guess Vintage struggling is pretty normal for Moto. Um, usually the queue times for like Leagues were abysmal, and then the challenges for a long time would fire like pretty much at almost the minimum like uh i've definitely played a few vintage challenges where people cashed with negative records huh. i know i know at one point vintage was really abysmal and people were trying the um the farming tricks in vintage that people were doing in popper as well um, oh making multiple accounts and then like queuing into yourself and um win trading i think is what they call it yes yeah, that got called out pretty quickly, I think. Right, but I'm saying I, I know that it, if when if that trick works, you have to have like abysmal numbers, right? Yeah, that that's what like I I feel like it's a symptom. I'm not saying you know it's something. I'm just saying like maybe vintage is down. I know legacy wasn't having those issues, but then again, we're rotating faster than standard right now, so I'm not sure what's that doing to a format. Yeah, I think it's giving people whiplash. Like, the last ban was, what, Luris and Zerda, I think? Yes. And the general and assumption... And then Underworld Breach, <laughs> right before yeah. that. Yep. And then, like, the general assumption was that um, the format would just go back to blue soup mode, and 
a lot of people express disinterest in playing that. So, I don't know. Anyway, you brought up the discussion of, like, just some drastic ban list changes. So, how about we dive into that? Um, over the course of this, we're going to talk about cards that can't be unbanned, cards that definitely can be unbanned. Uh, we're going to discuss the, like, <clears throat> four cards that I see people discussing or talking about needing to get a ban the most. Um, and then we have, like, some cards that can maybe get unbanned that we're going to talk about. So we have a, a good bit to ramble about. What uh, what cards do you think definitely cannot be unbanned? Um, outside of, like, Moxon and the obvious stuff, the Delve Spells, Breach, and Gitaxian Probe. Uh, Probe was actually the first card that came to mind in terms of, like, please never unban this. Um, I don't know if there was anything on here that I overlooked. Were there any cards that you definitely think can't get unbanned that aren't glaringly obvious? Uh, I do like that Probe was your first card, and I think it's kind of funny that a list that has a cheaper Yogwill and a, a recall Delve spell and then whatever awful abomination dig through time is, but Probe is number one. And <laughs> <laughs> like... That's a that's a funny thing. Um, Maybe that's recency bias. No, I think that's appropriateness. Um, I think you you know you're very appropriate with that. Um, I would say that if Probe would fill both of these or fill it filled Delve spells absurdly well, and uh, Probe with in the Breach decks would have just been disgusting. Uh, car cards that I would consider on this list besides these. Uh, demonic consultation, um, even though it's it's kind of a drawback tutor, it's a one mana instant tutor. Um, I guess maybe maybe if maybe if we can discuss other cards later, demonic consultation can be in the running with that other card. So um, uh, chaos orb, just because chaos orb is like annoying. Well, it's also a dexterity-based card, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, balance. Um, balance should never... Because the decks that are going to play balance aren't going to play magic in any which way or form. Um, uh, I, if, if Legacy could have a, restrict, a restricted list, then I would be okay with balance. But um, I, I, yeah, I don't need balance. It's just not a fun card. Um yeah, I'm also very aggressively against restricted lists in Legacy, so... Um, obviously, Misha's Workshop is also never getting unbanned. That that may be grouped in with Moxon and stuff, but, like, you know... Uh, Library of Alexander, same. It's just, it's just more... Um, what do you think about Hermit Druid? I was going to ask about Hermit Druid. I wasn't playing Legacy when this thing was a relevant effect, what what was good about Hermit Druid, or was it ever a card in the format? I'm I'm legitimately not sure. Um it just dumps your yard. That's that's the problem with Hermit Druid. Um I don't really think that in Legacy it's that much of a problem and I know a lot of people will probably hoo me because it, it you have to untap with a creature. 
And I think we have enough creatures in the format right now that if you get to untap with them, you win the games. What? What style of decks were using this? Like, oops, all spells sort of shells or something, or? Yeah, it's more other things, but yes, it's basically, you know, because you're, you're dumping, you, you reveal cards from top of your library until you reveal a basic land, put that card in your hand, and all of the cards are revealed into your yard. So you just not put any, um, basic things. Yeah. <clears throat> like, yeah. You can, you can pick something. Like, we have Thassa's Oracle now. There, there, there's so many ways to win. Okay. But, but it doesn't matter, right? Because because um, what's the de- the oops all spells deck plays the two effects that do the same thing that don't have to untap, right? So to me, hermit druids like I don't care if it's unbanned. I know it's only two mana, but who cares? Like I think I think a lot of these effects will will fall into that for me. Uh, Bizarre Baghdad, nope. Um, well, with hermit druid, it falls into like the category of like. I don't think there's a real reason to unban it. Like, I don't think it would have... It's one of those cards that I don't see it having a real positive effect on the format, but it has the potential to have a negative effect, even though I think that's, like, a very small chance that it would have a negative effect. But it's just, like, why... There's no reason to unban it. It just seems like a pointless action. It's I, I do agree with that, but I think at some point, like, I, I don't like that logic because cards can't... I'd rather give a card a chance, in my opinion, especially if our if our pool is deeper in these powerful cards, then these new cards that R&D keeps printing um, <clears throat> can have some can have some play because there's enough powerful effects in the format to like fight them. Like we we banned all these cards, um, and a lot of these cards are banned before any of the power level. They they were banned because at the time. You know, Where Bear was playable. <laughs> so, right. like, you know, I don't know. Like, the cards that I think, you know, we can add Channel. Channel shouldn't happen, even though Channel Fireball is funny. But, so, um, like, the, the thing about Hermit Druid is it's just like a save people from themselves thing. Just, like, leave it on the ban list so people don't waste time with the card. Just to realize that there are other things that are likely better. Um I don't know. I guess. Like, if it got unbanned, I wouldn't, you know, oh my god, Herod Druid is unbanned, it's the end of the world, I I just wouldn't really care. But I think that it's just, like, probably better to just sidestep all that conversation, right? I guess. I mean, it's like, I think World Gorger Dragon's cool that they unbanned it, and it did nothing, right? It was kind of the same conversation when happened about Hermit Druid. But then, a couple times, of World Gorger Dragon's control deck has appeared, and it's been interesting, and it's been fun. You know? And it's made even like, you know, serious players try it out and have fun. And I think that is an, that, that, that would be like why I would be okay with Hermit Druid. If that makes sense. Sure. Do you think that the World Gorger Dragons never really had an impact because the shells themselves are inherently bad? Or because Legacy is like, a lot of the metagame definition happens based on what people play on Moto and doing a World Gorger Dragon combo on Moto? is like not an enjoyable experience right oh yeah that twin twin effects are miserable on moto right and world gorge is probably even worse um i've seen people play world gorge or dragon on moto and every time i do i'm just like why why would you do this to yourself like i mean most people scoop but if anyone makes you click it out it's just like oh well i think 
you know, that that's always going to hurt decks like Aloran and um, Fuchin as well. You know, anything with so many clicks is going to test your brain. Um, especially but, since Moto, if you click wrong, bad things happen. Yeah, to a degree. Um, I noticed more people have been playing Aloran and... Um, the Aluren combo is pretty straightforward once you get going, and I think most people don't sit through it. But, like, the whole thing with, like, the World Gorger combo decks is, like... Like, when your opponent has Aluren and they go, Recruiter, 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 get my other thing, you're like, okay, I'm deterministically dead. As long as they, like, have Harpy Strix, right? And then they show it to you, and you're just like, okay, cool, I'm dead. Whereas, um, the World Gorger Dragon deck is like, alright, well... Anime dead my World Gorger Dragon, float a bunch of mana with the trigger on the stack, you know, exile everything, bring back World Gorger, or exile World Gorger Dragon, bring everything back, float all my mana, right? You have to sit there and float a bunch of mana non-deterministically, and then you have to show them that there is some other payoff that you have access to. Yes. So yeah. it's it's kind of like a different beast in a way. Like the same with Food Chain, right? Like, and honestly, most of the time people, food chain online doesn't even really combo it's just like beats you to death with four mana delvers yes well i mean like like i said i mean i just think all those clicking ones are probably always going to suffer um online but i don't think permadruid it's one of those things i can go back and forth on it as far as like you know whatever but the the mana cheating ones like channel channel and fast pond we don't need those yeah. I don't. I don't think. Like, I actually think those are unhealthy because they're just they they cheat too much mana, and yeah. I've yet to see anything, especially channel because of fire. Um, the Eldrazi, right? Like Emrakul, like that's not going to be fun. Yeah, some sort of channel post deck doesn't sound uh like an enjoyable experience, you know. Um, and also time bolts. You know that that I think that pretty much goes with the all the cards that can't come back. Um, yeah, basically. Oh no, uh, basically anything that makes vintage vintage. Um, and then I'm sure there are cards that people are yelling about right now, but we'll get to those later. We'll we'll get to those later. Um, so cards that can definitely just evergreen get unbanned. Um, I put down Mana Drain, Mind Twist, and you mentioned Earthcraft um, for those of you who don't know. Earthcraft is um, a one moment enchantment that enchants a land, right? No, yes. tap and okay, tap and untap creature you control, untap target basic land, and then you use I'm, that I'm in conjunction. It doesn't it doesn't enchant. I thought you were referring to the effect. It doesn't enchant the land. Um, it's just I was an thinking. Of, I was thinking of Squirrel Nest, um, where Squirrel Nest enchants the land, and then you use Earthcraft plus Squirrel Nest to make infinite tokens. Um, yeah. Well, you also can use it in like elves, which is where it would be, you know, actually without the the normal. Splinter Twin of Earthcraft Squirrel Nests. Um, you can just play it in Elves to untap lands. Yeah, so 
I do think that could be interesting and potentially like maybe too powerful in elves. But in order to do like an Earthcraft elves build, <clears throat> you'd have to go like, you know, you'd have to play elf ball more or less, which I think is a way more frail variant of uh, the elf archetype than like the mid range shells people have been playing uh, that have like the backdoor combo ability. So I don't know. I I'd be fine with Earthcraft being unbanned and seeing what happens. Um, it also allows them to sideboard Squirrel's Nest, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's cute and interesting. So they, I mean, they they could be frightening with the fact that they have that combo in their in their seventy five, um, and and that might make the elves the best decks in theory. But I, honestly, I'm gonna like always say it: if elves is like the best deck in Legacy, then Legacy can't be. It, it, it's just not. It's not. It's not an unhealthy format if a deck that just has to win by, you know, because we have Force of Will, Force of Negation, we have Abrupt Decay, we have so many cards now that deal with Earthcraft. You can just add um, removal to your deck as well. So yeah, uh, Elves is one of those decks that if it does ever become quote unquote the best deck, it's so easy to um, adjust for that it'll never be like the tier zero deck unless something absurd like some absurd effect gets printed that just really pushes it over the edge but i don't think earthcraft would be that and then like a squirrel nest enchantress deck maybe i don't know mm. <laughs> it's an unfortunate thing because i love playing enchantress but no because you can't do anything with earthcraft or um, squirrel. i mean i guess you could i guess you could tap your uh, Argothian Enchantress. To, yeah, um, you could play like two Earthcraft in the main, maybe three. The thing is, like, you don't want three Earthcraft, and you are a Green Sun Zenith deck, but you don't have many creatures. The Living Wish version of the deck is like, you know, you're playing big creatures to kill your opponent, right? You're not playing like Earthcraft wouldn't play in that at all. The only deck I think Earthcraft could play in is. You know, elves maybe Maverick, Maverick. Once again, it's a um, it would be kind of a thing where you're able to like play a Splinter Twin combo in your deck. But I mean, I'm okay with that personally. Those decks aren't putting up fantastic numbers, and it would introduce variance into their deck building anyways. So they have less of a focus point. Yeah, the issue is that like both Earthcraft and Squirrel Nest are just such bad cards on their own. And, like, with the twin combo, it's, like, Splinter Twin was a pretty bad card to draw, but you had, like, Snapcaster Mage and a few other targets outside of your twin combo pieces, if necessary. But also just, like, the twin creatures could provide a tempo plan, whereas, like, Squirrel Nest, you know, it's it's not doing anything. I guess you could play, like, a Squirrel Nest opposition Earthcraft deck. <clears throat> yeah, but then you're really just getting out there with, like, you know, your things. Earthcraft's fine by itself in these um, mediocre creature decks, just because if you do have um, if you have to lead with the uh, untap a green guy, um, the two two. I can't remember his name right now to save my life. Untap a uh, green whenever, guy. What is it? Whenever you tap, whenever you cast a green spell, untap it. 
Oh, um, Nettle Sentinel. Nettle Sentinel. Yeah. yeah. If you have to leave with <clears throat> Nettle Sentinel, Paris and Druid. If you have like an awkward start with your elf start, Earthcraft lets those cards still be relevant. You know, because you're able to like, you know, Nettle Sentinel on one, cast Earthcraft, um, tap Nettle Sentinel, untap your forest, cast Wirewood Symbiote, untap Nettle Sentinel, tap Nettle. You know what I'm saying? You, right. you can keep you can keep chaining with Earthcraft. Um, and I know a lot of people that like make might frighten them, but every time they introduce these cards in their deck that aren't <clears throat> elves, their other cards become worse, like Glimpse of Nature. Um, this doesn't play well with Survival of the Fiddle. Or not Survival, I'm sorry, the Natural Order. Um, all these cards in their deck, you know, it be they it kind of and so that introduces variance into their deck building. I'm okay with that. Well, another thing is that a lot of the elves lists have been skewing towards playing more cards that are just like powerful in their own right and less the combo pieces. So if they add more just like arbitrary combo pieces, uh, they're more susceptible to disruption. So I'm, I'm fine with Earthcraft being a thing. Uh, what are your thoughts on Mana Drain and Mind Twist? Mind Twist is fine. I, you know, a lot of people say. Uh, the argument for my, not unbanning Mind Twist has to do with what you mentioned before. It, do, it wouldn't do anything, so why put a card that can negatively impact everything? And I get that, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I'd rather let someone try to break it later. Um, or introduce a new format, or not new format, but new deck. Um, right now, Mind Twist is, to me, like, it's a worse payoff card than every other Storm payoff card they have right now. And so I don't, I think it's, it's almost, it's almost hilarious that we think that Hand of Turok is okay, but Fine Twist is a problem. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. Like, him is just a better card wholesale than Mind Twist. Um, the decks that could potentially, like, leverage Mind Twist would be, like, these weird Grim Monolith black decks, which. Meh. You know, it it's just one of those things. Like, it's a discard spell that's just so underrated when compared to, um, you know, Thoughtseize, him, even Inquisition of Kozlek, Duress, that I don't mind unbanning it. I'm kind of curious to see, like, what would happen. Um, maybe it would be, like, a random one-of in the sideboard, but the issue is, like, if I'm playing a sideboard discard spell and, like, my Grixis control list, it's going to be another Thoughtseize, or it's going to be, like, the fourth hem or whatever. Okay, uh, command. Or a cake man, right. There's a million cards that are better than Mind Twist. So uh Mana Drain. I've been a champion for Mana Drain for a very long time because Counterspell has been uh a card that is barely played. And it's not because Counterspell isn't powerful. I think Counterspell has always been, you know, two mana counterspell has always been pretty much an unbeatable card in the fact that it's Rate for rate, Counterspell has always been incredible. The issue with Counterspell has always been it's a reactive thing and not a proactive thing. And, you know, by leaning on a Counterspell to answer things, you're saying, I'm going to give my tempo away to you to decide. And a lot of players have never been okay with that. So I think Mana Drain's fine, um, because if you play a Mana Drain deck, you're going to be a deck that's reactive. And so you might not be able to use the mana. And a lot of people were always afraid of mana drain. And then 
untap play Jason Mind Sculptor, is Jace even good anymore? The way I see it, um, so there are two ways Mana Drain can go, right? You have people playing like Mana Drain and like Miracle Shells, and most of the time the extra mana is going to go to waste, like you said. So it's just Counterspell with an occasional upside. And then the other way is like people um, veering more towards Landstill type of decks. So you have like, you know, your standstills, you may have Jaces, you have your Sharknados or whatever. So you put, you fill your deck with more arbitrary mana sinks. And it's a similar dynamic to Earthcraft. It's, it's like the, the Landstill deck right now in Legacy is fine. It's playable. Um, and adding more cards to synergize with Mana Drain could pay off, but... I don't think the added mana is huge. And like you said, Jace isn't really that big of a factor at the moment. And if you if you have a format where the whole game plan of like mana drain into Jace becomes so popular, you're just going to see an increase of red blasts and lightning bolts to really counteract that. So I'm not super worried about mana drain having an upside. I think if any reason it's on the ban list, it's just because of cost. Um but other than the cost argument, I don't see a reason for Mana Drain to be banned at the moment. Yeah, I mean, its cost is... It's actually had several reprintings because it received a Judge Foil and then it was in... Um, I don't know if it was Internal Masters. It was in one of the Master sets we received um, in the last couple of years. Um, it was the same art as the Judge Foil. So cost, I think isn't actually the problem. I think, like, the reason why it was banned originally was, you know, it was very important to ban it originally because all the cards were terrible. So, like, you played a lot of five-mana, six-mana bombs, and so, like, the generic mana from it was actually, you know, relevant. But in today's, you know, legacy, you, it's hard to build a deck that takes advantage of that, that, that mana without making your deck, you know, really bad. So. Yeah, I do think the dynamic changes completely if Mana Drain could produce colored mana, but colorless mana is, um, you know, so limited uh, in terms of, like, actual application. And it looks like Mana Drain, on average, is floating around $150 per copy, so it's still a rather expensive card. That's crazy. See, I, 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 I that's one card I never look at because I own mine, my originals from back in the day and I just assumed that it would have dropped down um what cards do you think wait what cards do you think that people want being so the the conversations that are going on are Astrolabe Veil Euro and Oko and I this is our moment to gloat uh we said Astrolabe and Veil before everyone else we we were talking about that way, way back. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I'm going to get this out of the way. I don't think Oko is ban-worthy. Um, and I will explain why a little bit later. It links into how Astrolabe and Veil affect deck construction and answers for Oko. Um People have been talking about Euro being a ban-worthy card because it turns, like, the Blue Mares into non-enjoyable 
mid-range fests, it's like arguably better than Jace the Mind Sculptor. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I love Euro, but I love Moats. And a moat that gains life struggle card and attacks my opponent when they're weak is amazing. Um, and that to me is what Euro is. Euro is just a moat that all of a sudden I can, you know, Euro, Euro and Oko for me are the same card. Um, the only difference is, is Euro is better than Oko because if you answer Euro, it can come back. Uh, if you answer Oko, you, you just have to wait till the next copy comes. So, also the fact that like multiple euros is not even a problem in your deck because they work well together. You know, you can either create, you know, pseudo vigilance or whatever. Uh, euro is, I'm okay with euro and oko then. If, uh, another green card goes that you mentioned before. So, before we move away from euro, the argument I see for banning it, I understand that, you know, there's a lot of control mirrors where somebody finds Euro and the game just kind of ends. Um, the argument I could see for banning it is that Euro... Say Euro decks become, like, the big thing and everyone's playing them. You start seeing warps in deck construction. You're going to see fewer surgical extractions or free graveyard hate, and you're going to see more spell bombs and uh, soul guide lantern or whatever that card is. Um, graveyard that's hate that's like applicable in the mirror more scavenging uses which gives decks like black red reanimator or like degenerate graveyard strategies more room to like come in right. and take over the meta game right yes and you know it's arguable whether or not those decks should have room to breathe i see i i think <clears throat> i'm i'm crazy but i would love for dredge reanimator hogak whatever to get an opportunity to come back into the format because i think i think astrolabe is embarrassing against those decks i think euro and oko are embarrassing against those decks i think all the cards on our that we're talking about right now um minus well even astrolabe they're all mid-range cards right like all four of these cards are just mid-range slash control deck cards sure i think and uh, I think the the issue. I don't know if Except it's necessary. For sure. Except for Veil. Right, right. The three, the, the, the three cards that I'm talking about <coughs> that people hate are the mid range cards. Right. They, they want a control deck to be a control deck. They don't want a control deck to be a Swiss Army knife. And these three cards act as Swiss Army knife. That they're control cards. They're mid range cards. Uh, technically, they can even be aggro cards in the case of Oka. Um, and so, like, that's what's annoying people. But I think if Bale goes away, the combo decks can come back and punish these mediocre Simic piles. Like, I don't think Reanimator has a problem if all these cards are what your opponent's playing. Yeah, I you think... Know, Oka, Oka oh. maybe, but whatever. I think the obnoxious part, like, about Euro is, like, I see the dynamic of... Euro getting potentially popular. Um, everyone skewing their graveyard hate to be Euro. The dredge decks getting popular. And then people kind of making the choice of like, am I going to play Leyline or not? And then it kind of turns the format into that matchup lottery dynamic that people hate. So, I don't know. I, 
I'm not sure if Euro itself is too good of a card. I've seen a number of games that do just end on the spot to Euro, and it just seems like a completely uninteresting game dynamic. Um, like, there's, like, you can fight a Jace the Mind Sculptor, right? You can, well, arguably fight a Jace the Mind Sculptor. You can combat it um, by, you can have, like, Pyroblasts and cards that function on a singular axis, but when you're playing like a control mirror and you need to board in your pyroblast and like flusterstorm effects plus your graveyard hate to answer like this attacking life from the loam, it creates this weird like jun dynamic in the decks post board where you may draw the wrong half of your deck. You know, you may be drawing soul guide lanterns while your opponent is drawing pyroblasts or you may be drawing pyroblasts and just losing to Euro or whatever. Um, so I don't know if that makes a card ban worthy, but I can see how that would create a game dynamic that people just wouldn't want to play. Um, with Labe and Veil, um, so my argument for Astrolabe has basically been uh, the argument for like, kind of why Deathrite was a bit too good. Uh, you get to the point where mana becomes, like, arbitrary. <clears throat> and uh, the blue decks just get to abuse that the best. They just get to become jund with Force of Will. And that's a bit too strong of a dynamic, I think. Uh, at least on the fair axis. Um, I don't know. What What do you think? I'm uh, I will admit, I'm biased to Astrolabe because I like to play lots of basic decks, um, and it makes lots of basic decks better, and maybe that's a problem. I love um, me some basic lands as well. I just love the color pie more, I guess. <laughs> oh no, I I do, um, but I I don't see. <clears throat> Here's the weird part for me, because Veil, Euro, and Oko are legal. You play Astrolabe with them, and you're playing green anyways. And so, because you're playing green, I don't think Astrolabe's that much of a problem in your deck. Maybe if we were talking about, like, a everything but green deck playing Astrolabe, I might have issues with it. Personally, if Astrolabe goes, I'll just play Abundant Growth. I can still play my deck with Abundant Growth. And even though it's a colorless, you know, it's a... Even though it's a green versus you know, colorless, um, I'll actually be able to play Ash or Abundant Growths easier because I'll be able to play them off of dual lands that splash that play good. And so really honestly, and I get to have my real basics back, so I've kind of gotten you know, I'm okay with Blade going. The the card I think has to go is Veil, because right now I wouldn't even consider playing green to the point I do if Veil wasn't I think Veil's for me the problem. Yeah, I also think Veil should definitely go. Um, you know, a lot of people say Oko needs to get banned, but the whole thing about Oko is, like, there are answers for it in Legacy. This is the Pyroblast, Abrupt Decay, um, Spell Pierce, Assassin's Trophy. There are so many answers to an Oko. Uh, and the only real argument for why what? Oko is, like, really a problem is because you can protect it on the stack with counter spells and Veil, and then you can stop Abrupt Decay with Veil. 
And I, that, that's what I was going to say. All the cards you just mentioned were stopped by Veil in different modes, which is just terrible. Right. And I think that without Veil, um, you get some better in-game dynamics. You don't get the whole like Omni, like main deck Veil thing. The Blue Mares don't become Veil fast. Combo decks don't become, you know. Um, I remember Chris Anderson streaming one time, and he was streaming the modern Cheerios deck, and he was talking about how like if Silence is like just this good card in your format, that's probably indicative of something wrong. Whether or not that statement is true, I do think um, there is something to be said about having these proactive you-can't-do-anything effects in a format and having those effects also be reactive. Like, the fact that Veil is proactive and reactive is a bit much to me. Um, I, I've always said the fact that it's Overmaster and Cryptic Command and it's still one mana. Like, I don't even understand how that works. <laughs> it's like... You get to be Overmaster and Cryptic Command and one green. All at the same time. And when you play like these decks that we're talking about, these mid-range decks, your your basic force isn't being tapped very often. So you look like you always have it open. Yeah. Also, like when you have Astrolabe, you always get to represent it. Um so where I'm at is I would definitely ban Veil. I would see what happens after Veil gets banned, and then I would keep an eye on Labe. And then I would keep an eye on Labe and Euro, and then I just wouldn't have any plans to ban Oko, because I think once Veil's gone, it's so much easier to answer that card. Um, but There's one thing. There's also now a cost to the your deck building for green, right? Right. Because uh, right now you, you have. Your incentive would be just three mana spells. For your green, where where with Veil in the format, you don't mind leading on, you know, you don't have mind having a basic force in your deck because you have a playable one mana spell. Where if you take the basic force out of the mix, I'm, I'm sorry, the Veil out of the mix, that basic force becomes a liability in your deck. Right, and if we want to go further down the rabbit hole, if Labe does get banned, cards like Euro and Oko. Um, being blue-green do have a cost. Like, part of the reason Euro is playable is because of Astrolabe, the, whatever it is, escape cost. Um, that's, Astrolabe makes that manageable. If, say you ban Astrolabe, uh, people have to play more dual lands, which makes Wasteland a relevant factor against these decks. So, like, you may be able to do the front end of Euro, maybe, but it it becomes a bit more of a liability to try and play that sort of strategy. Because you're not going to play, like, double basic forest, double island without Astrolabe. So you're playing a bunch of traps or whatever. So it's like, I could see Euro going from, like, the three to four of um, to being just, like, this one of and, like, a bug shell or whatever, one or two of. Um the last thing I want to quickly touch on is people saying that Astrolabe makes Legacy cheaper. Uh, I just don't like that argument. Um, in general, Legacy is mostly played online, and in paper, I think a lot of people are realizing that proxies are how you're going to keep your local scene alive. 
And I think more and more people are realizing that the cost, like the barrier to entry uh, regarding cost of legacy doesn't really exist as much anymore because so many people have collections that they loan out. And when you even look at the Astrolabe decks, they're still playing a good number of dual lands. It's like, you know, the difference between an underground C and three underground Cs in your deck is it's like saying I can't afford the 2020 Ferrari, but I can afford the 2017 one. You know, it's like you're like you're playing Oko, you're playing Euro, you're playing maybe Snapcaster Major Jace. You're still playing almost every expensive card. The only change is the mana base and only by like a slight bit. So I really just think that's like a red herring argument that people like to throw up or a straw man. One of the two. I mean, we're all playing right now the same level of competitive REL events in any format, which is zero. <laughs> competitive REL paper events for all formats right now is zero. You know, some some stores have just started doing FNMs and stuff, but yikes! <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, it's crazy. Mm. They're 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 turning tables sideways. So take the long table and turn it sideways and put one on each other. You know what I don't want to do in the middle of a pandemic? Be around magic nerds. Yep. In a store. Yep. And I like, I mean, I, for me, this has highlighted the ability to play online paper magic with your friend. Via like Skype? Like just setting up, yeah, well, Zoom, Skype, Facebook Messenger, whatever your format is, you can play, you know, with your camera phone. That, that's what I've been doing, playing with my camera phone, playing with my buddies. And I'm actually enjoying it more because I can, you know, play it whenever I want, when I want. It's like I'm playing Moto without playing that software. So, you know, it's just for me like a fun, it's a fun time. I think, you know, and, and if my buddy says, like one of my buddies, he doesn't own multiple forces or multiple wastelands and wants to switch decks. He says, you know, you know I have some proxies in here and I go, cool. You know, I guess I won't win the prize that we're playing for, which is what? Nothing. You're just playing to have fun. So I mean, I don't think there's a reason at a local level to host um, sanctioned legacy events. Planeswalker points don't exist anymore. Correct. I, I, I don't think there's legitimately a reason to hold sanctioned legacy event or local events, maybe in general, to be honest. <clears throat> um you know, before there was some sort of incentive to do that, right? Like, Legacy guys played, like, one or two GPs a year, and they'd go to Legacy FNM all year, and then they'd sign up for their GP, and it's like, oh, I have one or two buys off of Planeswalker points. Cool. But now that whole system is gone, so it's like, why sanction? Just have proxy Legacy. Just let people play. So, you know, and for larger tournaments, look, I have had people I don't know send me power from across the country to play. Me and friends power that they also they didn't know those guys either. It's as long as you're not an asshole and you know, you treat people with respect, people will literally throw cards at you to use at legacy tournaments and vintage tournaments because people just want people to play those formats. So I, I think making bands based off of format health, or I would even argue that it's possibly reasonable to make bands based on what's fun. Like, you know, people want Astrolabe gone mostly because it's not an enjoyable thing to play against. You know, 
there are people who like getting online and arguing, well, these decks aren't taking up a huge metagame percentage. And it's like, well, if what's the point of engaging in your hobby if you aren't finding some sense of fun, right? Like at this point, Legacy is a casual format. Like if you can't have fun playing your kitchen table magic format, why are you playing it? Oh, yeah. No, I, de- I definitely, you know, <clears throat> as much as I am for Astrolabe, because I just think, you know, power level wise, Astrolabe isn't very powerful. It just introduces consistency into your deck, which is all I ever want. Um, I would always sacrifice power versus consistency. But, like, I understand, like, a lot of people are miserable because of it. Like, the people I play with, they don't mind it. But I'm not breaking Astrolabe to the point that some people are. I'm just using it as the generic, you know, land filter that it is. Um, and even with Yorion, that wasn't a problem because I would cast Yorion when on turn whatever and Yorion with nothing in play and still win just because we were both top decking and I had a giant Delver sitting in the wings. So, yeah, for what it's worth with formats like Standard, Modern, Pioneer, um, I would probably apply a different ban logic in terms of, like, what should and shouldn't be done. Um, Modern's a bit of a gray area, but I think you can make standard an objectively healthy format, and I think Pioneer, you can do the same. With Legacy and Vintage, I think because of how big the card pools are and just the, like, range of what you can do to people, I don't think that by any standard Legacy and vintage can get like objectively healthy they can get relatively healthy which in those terms is usually people aren't miserable playing the format and there's like enough room to do random wacky shit but um i think skewing slightly more toward the needle more towards ban things that just aren't fun whether or not they are broken or dominating the format i think that logic makes a little more sense in legacy and vintage yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm all, I, I want whole Legacy to be fun, so I'm okay with it, but at the same time, like, some things we're talking about right now may change if we unban some cards. So let's go over some uh, cards that are, you know, contentious, I guess, would be the best word. Okay. Um, the first thing on our list is wheel effects and bargain effects. Um, so let's just get this out of the way. Necro, maybe. Dark Red Necro is still a real thing. Um, but I think definitely Yogg Bargain. And earlier before the cast, you, you made the statement that val- or solidifies why being, having Yogg Bargain is, ah, I'm mixing up my words. Yogg Bargain being on the ban list is terrible because... Grizzle brand. <laughs> it's it's a better it's a better Yog Bargain, folks. It's better. You can reanimate it. Can't reanimate it. You know, bargain. The only thing that's close to it is replenish, and that's like four mana. So who cares? You know, the, you can. The best thing you can do with a Yog Bargain, the most broken thing, is show and tell it into play. <laughs> but what I'll if I told it. you what if I told you there was a Yogg Bargain that also attacked <laughs> and does it make you miss your draw step Yogg Bargain makes you miss your draw step like every way 
Bargain is worse than Grizzlebrand. Yeah, Yog. It, it doesn't win by itself. Yog Bargain is kind of in that category of probably won't do anything, so maybe there's no reason to unban it. But it's also in the category of why is this on the ban list? It's so asinine that it is. Um, I, it's one of those cards that's embarrassing to me. Because if I show like a newer player this Yog Bargain's on the ban list and then they point to Grizzlebrand, I have to go, I know. <laughs> Look, I can't I can't explain it either, bro. What, what, like that's what that's embarrassing. What do you think would happen if they re- like banned Grizzlebrand and then unbanned Yogbargan? Like what does that uh, look like? Like does Storm replace Ad Nauseum with Yogbargan? Even still I wouldn't mind that, right? Storm replacing Ad Nauseum with Yogbargan as just like a thing. Could happen, like, but you know the one of Yog Bargain deck. I'm, I think I'm okay with that. Um, I mean, the problem, <clears throat> the problem is Yog Bargain. Bargain six man, okay. Storm right now has a lot of times a lot of the storm lines. You're hoping to have one black mana after ad nauseum. Yeah. You know what I'm so like the diff- the thing is like. Ad Nas gives you some counterplay with being able to go like end of your turn, cast Dark Red Ads Nas, force you to counterspell, untap, do whatever. Yog Bargain gives you the ability to go like Yog Bargain pass. Like Ad Nauseum give, puts the pressure on you to win that turn before you discard, whereas Yog Bargain doesn't. So you can like untap the next turn and then go off. Um, but also, like, think about this. This is this is this is the mind blowing thing to me. You have an LED with Yog Bargain. So with Ad Nauseum, your LEDs are a lot of times the way to recast your internal tutor, you know, that's, that like, you have an internal internal tutor, mana, and LED in your Ad Nauseum pile, you win, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's just a, where when you draw the LED off a of Yacht Bargain and play it, you have to decide right then and there, do I crack it for mana or do I hold it in case I find the chain, you know? Like, it creates a new dynamic with how you play your game, because LED now becomes, do I want to crack it now? as a Do I want to play a Black Lotus, or do I want to play an Infernal Tutor enabler? Yeah, I think um, under the assumption that Storm would play, like, one Yogg Bargain, <clears throat> it's fine to unban, even if it gets played along, like, you know, <clears throat> like we said, Grizzlebrand's in the format, um... I'm actually curious what a Yogg Bargain Storm list would look like, and I don't expect people to play like show and tell lists. Um, but I think the next one is has well, the rest of our list here is uh, Memory Jar, Mind's Desire, and Windfall. Um, Jar is an interesting one. And kind of plays into another card that we were discussing. We were discussing the possibility of a Tinker Unban. And the first card that comes to mind with a Tinker Unban is just like some obnoxiously good Bolus's Citadel deck. Um, so maybe that's too much. But maybe Tinker Jar. I'm Maybe I'm not sure. That's, that's where your experience comes in. Uh, memory Jar's to me 
Memory Jar is one of those things where I know a lot of people will scream that Memory Jar will enable all these broken things. And to me right now, all these old cards that are like uh, engine machine cards where you put all the pieces together, your engine comes online, you win a game, aren't even very good compared to cards like Grizzlebrand, cards like Thassa's Oracle. These are cards that are just like, you don't have to have an engine. The card by itself does everything. I will say... So, oh, sorry, what were you saying? I, I, I would argue that these cards, like Memory Jar, um, Memory Jar is five mana. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you win. Like, I understand that you can build a storm pile and this, that, and the other, and whatever, but you still have to have five mana. Where I'm yeah. at is, uh, I think Jar is fine without Tinker. Um, like you said, it's a million mana. Uh, I, if someone's going to do something with memory jar, it's going to be like the, it would be like a memory jar. Um, remember that Michael Coyle deck, the, what was it? The Karn, um, yes. See, that, that Mystic would be Forge or whatever. But like, the thing is people have already shown a willingness to play multiple null rods. You know, there's a null rod you can green send Zenith for and um also that that whole Karn plus uh Mystic Forge deck, that whole thing crumbled to Grafdigger's Cage. So it's like I think a memory jar deck would be just like one of those decks that maybe only beats up on like uh, Death and Taxes or Maverick a bit. You know, there'd be a small subset of the format that would that it would beat up. And then the rest of the format would probably beat it. Um, I, I would only be scared of with the windfall effects, the wheel of fortune windfall, and this and memory jar. I would only be scared of the Narset, Narset's Karn deck, because Karn Narset with memory jar would be frightening, because um, they all work together. The issue is this, um, and, the the man in that those decks are so bad that they just get bodied by wasteland. Right, right. No, I'm not. I'm saying that could only be because because Narset and Memory Jar and the Wheel Effects. That's going to annoy the heck out of anyone. That's going to be a miserable, no fun legacy zone. But at the same time, like beyond that, <laughs> pardon me, I don't really care. Like I think Memory Jar is fine. I think that you know if Echo of Eons has shown me that like even Time Twister is probably not even that good. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of funny, but it's, you know, because, you know, Windfall, Time Twister, Wheel of Fortune, they're all the same. And they're all basically Echo of Eons. Yeah, I'm not worried about Windfall or Echo because Pyroblast exists. Wheel of Fortune and, like, the blue-red, like, uh, Ruby Storm deck actually scares me more. Um, because that deck can produce absurd amounts of mana and having a more consistent wheel than Reforge the Soul or, like, Hazard's Undying Fairy, right? Like, it's used to either being forced to cast its wheel effects in its draw step or produce a bunch of mana before using them. So having a wheel effect that could cost, like, um, two mana after a ruby is a bit scarier. So I would say um, Windfall, yes. Wheel of Fortune, no. Also, Tess with Wheel of Fortune just sounds like a miserable experience, because, like, 
right now. No, that, that would definitely be memorable because well, they're playing Echo. Yeah, they're playing Echo. I'm not sure if Echo versus uh, Wheel of Fortune is like like which one is arguably better. Um, dodging Pyroblast is great, but I think if you're playing Tass, you want people to board in more Pyroblast against you because it's already such a bad card. Yeah. I mean, so, maybe the only card... The only card with the wheel effects that I would be scared about is Nurset. Just because a Nurset wheel deck would probably annoy the hell out of me. You know, like, that would just probably be super obnoxious. Yeah, and that's just more a matter of, like, this sounds unfun, so no. Um, and where are we on Mind's Desire? I'm kind of like, whatever about it. Yeah, I think Mind's Desire is fun. It's blue. It's six mana. Yes, it has Storm. No, I don't care. You know, there's you have to ritual into a double blue spell. Yeah, that's so. that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, I think Mind's <clears throat> Desire is just a cool card, and if there's the potential that like a reasonably playable Mind's Desire deck could exist in the format, I, I'd be about it. Like, I don't think I, mean, I, I don't think it would happen, but you know, if somebody if somebody goes like cast a bunch of rituals. LED Infernal Tutor get my one of Mind's Desire instead of Tendrils. Like, sure. Like, you opted to not win, I guess. Or maybe Mind's Desire would be what would replace Ad Nauseam, but no, like a lot of those Ad Nauseam lines are dependent on um a bunch of dark rituals and you usually have black floating as opposed to blue. So right. Well for me, like when you look at it, all almost all the cards that I'm kind of pushing for are all combo cards and then you know just because hey legacy i've heard you've had a mid-range problem let's get some combo cards in the format you know because that that's what's going to beat up on the mid-range deck is the combo cards the, the aggro decks at this point can't do it we zoo hasn't been legal forever and delver secret decks are secretly morphing into mid-range decks to combat the other mid-range decks so i don't think it's been a secret it's Delver being mid, well, people think Delver is tempo, but like the most common Delver shells have been mid range for the last couple of years, outside right. of like the occasional stifle list or like um, the blue red Delver lists that people will pop up to just like punch people in the face with. Um, but like, aggro is gone, you know, and, and we almost need the combo decks to become aggro decks, if that makes sense, to like bring the format back into place. That makes sense. Force people to diversify their sideboards and actually respect certain <coughs> things before turn three or four. Um, what do you think about the prospect of like unbanning desire, but also like leaving Vale in the format? Do you think that Vale is still just like a trump to Mind's Desire? I do. Oh yeah. Well, I think Vale's a trump to most of the cards that we've talked about because they're all going to play a win con that Vale will stop. <clears throat> Pardon me. Like, I, I don't think that... I think Bale beats all of these folks, which is sad. Can you imagine, like, dumping your whole hand into a Mind Twist and then casting Bale of Summer? <laughs> like, I mean, him just... to Turok stopped being playable, and we've already talked about how him is just leagues better than Mind Twist, so... I mean, here we are. Yeah, I, I think the, the card that will... That's not a combo deck on the list of cards that I think could be fun to unban is Skull Clamp. And I know that will create like a lot of contention because like people will have fear of mono white Skull Clamp killing them. 
And Mono White hasn't been a real deck in a very long time. Oh, so. I was thinking of Skull Clamp Elves. Even still, it's it's introducing a card that's not um good in, in certain draws. Or you know who would you know who would abuse Skull Clamp? Eric Rill with his uh, Cloudvine deck. Man, that has so many moving parts. True. That, that I'm does. okay with that. <laughs> that <laughs> that okay deck actually it. does have way too many moving parts. Maybe <laughs> maybe the Skull Clamp deck would be like a Urian Aluren deck. Since the deck is um it's playing every Elvish Visionary more or less, except for actual Elvish Visionary, ironically. Um and Skull Clamp would be uh, I don't know nah. if it would be better than Ponder, but it would it's like up there. Like, if you're playing the Coiling Oracle, Baleful Strix, um, Ice Fang Quaddle deck, I think I just want Skull Clamp. It's, like, so free to do that, right? Uh, yes and no. Like, you'd be, you would have to be, you would be playing Stoneforge Mystic in the Yorion deck to play a one of Skull Clamp. Why would you play one of? Why not just play four of? Four Skull Clamps? Yeah, if you're playing, like, an 80-card Yorion deck with a bunch of, um, like, of these cards... Why not just play, like, three or four Skull Clamps? <clears throat> because, like, card draw is not a problem in your deck. True. Having having answers to certain problems, you have to give up space. The 80-card decks secretly are not, like... And it's not even secretly. The 80-card decks are not consistent, um, even even though you get to play multiple effects, even when all your cards say draw a card. Because, like, by adding 20 more cards to your deck, you typically have to add 7 to 8 lands, so you're only getting 13 cards at max to go into your deck, which in your 80-card deck isn't that great. So like playing a bunch of Skull Clamps, but then not getting creatures and drawing Force of Wills and Abrupt Decays and everything else, it'll just be miserable. Like it, would, it would have to be like a Mono White deck or, or Elves. Even Elves, like they have a, they have a number of 2-2s two and 3-4s with um, Reclaimer and... Uh, Elf, uh, Nettle Sentinel, that Skull Clamp could be a problem. Does Goblins play any Lords? <coughs> yeah, play like Trash Master, right? War Chief, War Chief, right? A haste, Haste Lord. Does I thought that Give just him. I thought that I thought War Chief was just a cost reducer in haste. Oh, it might be. You know what? It might be. That 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 might be actually true. I was thinking it was it was um the Goblin ones. I never. Yeah, you're right. Um, the Goblin ones are the ones I never can remember because they had so many before anyone else did. Yeah, I could I could see Goblins trying to play uh, Skull Clamp because like the deck is basically just like a bunch of weird shitters and then Aether Vial and Reliant on Tutors and um... so you can see Red White Goblins with with the before we have we before mentioned Stoneforge Mystic. But I don't even care because Stoneforge Mystic is, you know, right now just a laughable card in almost all formats is legal in, so. Yeah, um, the thing about Skull Clamp and Goblins that I see could be an issue is just like Sling Game Commander, not, whatever the new one is. Yeah, it is Sling Game, not Siege Game. game. Yep. Yeah, it's like, it has tension because Goblins wants more creatures on the board to like combo kill them. I don't know. Um, 
I think a lot of these cards that we're talking about, it, it's kind of funny when I look at the list. All of them were problematic before Abrupt Decay was printed. And so they were like permanents that could not be affected by the, you know, removal set in the format. And so they had to go. But we have like answers like Abrupt Decay. We have answers like, um, K Command. We have answers like, uh, Engross Rampage. Like, even now, Mono Black has uh, enchantment removal. I mean, that which is hysterical to me, but, you know, whatever, right? Like, right. I, I don't think these cards deserve to be... You know, I, I would be okay if we had a new deck come out with Skull Clamp that was mono white tokens, mono red tokens, mono whatever tokens, you know, and it was just this, like, beat-down deck. Because once again, like, it would be great for these fast decks to annoy the mid-range cards that we're so worried about yeah where i'm at with skull clamp is like i feel like there is a reason to keep it banned but i can't think of one so maybe it's just like the general thought process that skull clamp is too good so uh, and, and i'm and i'm on the you know unban it because for me it's like if I, we we know that r&d every six months is going to infect our format with some homogeneity of bad evil cards and we're gonna have to deal with more ban and restricted list announcements than we ever had in five year period so why not pick giving these old cards a chance why not pioneer beta test or legacy format with our actual old bordered old cards rich shay you want some more old bordered cards i hear <laughs> just give us these cards and let us let us let us beta test it you know because we'll we'll at least test it and break it and ban it fast, and and it'll be more accurate than wizards making the decision years ago. And now you got to look at these decisions and go, well, you know, they can't see that Oko is a problematic card. So how much testing do I think I trust with them? I will say that I'm glad that the card Luris never met the card yeah. Skull Clamp because oof. Oh yeah. Mm. Well, think about like um, you know, there's not there's only like a couple more cards that we can talk about. But, like, I would love, I know I'm one of the only people, but I would love Survival of the Fittest as a card unbanned, you know, because it promotes, like, value green decks, and it can play a combo role with, like, the um, Vengevine deck. But, like, either way, I don't think the card's as good as it used to be, um, because we didn't have Rest in Peace, Surgical Extraction, Abrupt Decay. A lot of cards in the format we didn't have. And so, for me, it's like, survival, the, the only problem with survival is it's $150 in paper, but there's another Jesus. card. There's another card that's $150 in paper that, that is played in Legacy, um, even more than it's ever been because of Esper Vile, and that's Gilded Drake. Gilded Drake is $150. That's hilarious. So... <clears throat> I, the price point to me doesn't matter. You're playing with dual lands. Get over the prices. Should the card be, you know, unbanned or not? I don't know. I think Survival of Fittest is a fine card. I think it promotes, like, a different line of play that isn't centered around Brainstorm. You know? I wasn't I playing like uh, Legacy when Survival was legal. <clears throat> I've only seen, like, the vintage variant, so I really just don't have an opinion on this. Um, well, the vintage variant gets to play bizarre yeah it's a whole different beast 
It's a whole different monster. You get to play Bazaar and Moxen. Um, I do think Blue-Green Survival as, like, this mid-range combo deck could be a thing. Because, like, you know what combos well with Basking Ruwala? Oko. You know? Well, more Euro, but yes. Oh, well, yes, also Euro. Or Euro <laughs> combos well with Survival. Um, so, again, maybe you have to make some adjustments on that end. But I'd be curious to see what would happen with survival. I mean, it's once again, I I think some of these cards are super powerful. They're on the ban list because um, the cards weren't powerful back then. So they got put on there. And we've had so many cards in the last, like, I don't know, what, seven, eight years? You know, we didn't have a Delver of Secrets. There was the only thing that could challenge it in speed was Zoo. Um, and survival is so mana taxing. It takes a green to activate. A lot of people don't realize that. They're like, you know, you play it and like, well, I mean, you know, you say that, but like, Delver can challenge anything. You need mana, Delver, Delver's got you. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll fix you real quick if you need mana for your deck. So, um, what do you think about Mental Mystic? Mm. I wasn't playing Legacy when Mist Up was legal, but I don't think that card creates good game dynamics, but it would slow down the format a bit um, and maybe help answer Delver of Secrets or whatever, but mm, I'm not really I'm, on that hype train. I'm all about not. Um, I want. I kind of want... If we would unban other cards on the list, I would be okay with Mental Mist Up, but the way it is right now... Um, I would be afraid of the mid-range decks with Mental Misstep more than I would be of the aggro decks, so... or the combo decks, so I'm okay with Mental Misstep still stepping out the door. Thoughts on Oath of Druids? Like, the, uh, the just, like, slow show-and-tell, right? Well, yes. My, I don't like Oath of Druids. Um, because Oath of Druids is a tutor in a win con by itself. So, like, it, it reminds me of a 2017 card or a 20, 2018 card printed back in the day. Sure. <laughs> like, I understand, like, there are, you have to play, like, the bad lands in your deck. I, I would be okay if we, if we could embrace the whole six months unbanned a lot of these cards and give them a shot. I'd be okay with both of Druids in that you know, time period, like you having to understand as a player that you might not only, you might not have it that long. I'd be okay with Oath of Druids. I like but, the idea of giving Oath a trial run without Veil. Yes. That that would make me 100% behind. I think Oath, as long as you can naturalize it or replicate, is probably acceptable. Um, well, they have to add a land too, right? Right. You also have to add That's the, big thing. the token producer or or forbidden orchard so yes yeah and then i'm okay with it yeah i i would like to see oath get a trial period um what are your thoughts on mystical tutor i i I, i'm i'm kind of like torn because i want combo to come back to punish these mid-range cards but then i don't think mystical tutor will be played in anything but like the control decks will try it, especially the mm. terminus people, the terminus entry people, but 
reanimator with missile missile tutor is that's a frightening beast that is a frightening beast <laughs> you would play like the thing about with mystic sanctuary being legal ponder is just a better card than mystical tutor and like a miracles shell specifically i think you would maybe play like one mystical tutor to specifically bail you out of certain spots like you said getting your terminus or your like entreat in the right spot is really good but you can't afford to play like you can maybe play two mystical tutors um but again reanimator is the deck that would be able to abuse it the most um i wasn't playing legacy when that was a thing, so I'm gonna defer to your expertise on that one. I, I mean, because I think I think it was me and you had a discussion with Black Red Splash for this, and I was like, yes. Um, <clears throat> <clears throat> pardon me, it's early morning. I haven't like cleared that out at all. Um, yeah, I think Mystical Tutor is like one of those things. I I really want to promote the the fast decks. Um, so I guess I would want to unban it because of that. Yeah, I mean, during our conversation, I brought up the point that, um, the blue-black reanimator deck was, from my understanding, good with Mystical Tutor, but this was also during the period of Legacy where people just didn't construct their decks well. And I brought up the, like, idea that the red-black reanimator deck is potentially already, like, Better. Cl better close to power level is like the mystical tutor deck because like you know you have a nuttier the red black reanimator deck forces you to warp how you build your deck forces you to warp how you mulligan it has all of this free discard um and then like you know you brought up mystical tutor for faithless looting but the deck already has like entomb for faithless looting and the only cards you would really want a mystical tutor for, outside of like, obviously reanimate or whatever, would be like your sideboard cards. But I don't know if adding the blue to the mana base would be worth it. People have played blue for show and tell, and uh, I've watched a lot of those people die to wasteland. Um, but I, you know, being able to find God, would they even be able to play? Um, Reverend Silence or whatever. Um, yes, but they. I would be more worried about like them able to get um, their sideboard cards like Reverend Silence, but also being able to choose between Reanimate and Zoom based on their life total would probably make it very playable. Yeah, I'm not sure what the deck list would look like in terms of space for cards. Um, Mystical Tutor strikes me as kind of in the same vein as Hurrent Druid of I don't really see a benefit for adding this card to the format, but I do see a lot of downside or potential downside. And, <clears throat> you know, we mentioned uh, trying, like, Mind Twist because it's just kind of whatever, Mana Drain. But, um... I don't know, I see Mystical Tutor being format-breaking, and I don't see it necessarily being fun or having that fun factor, but, like, you can arguably, argu arguably find fun in, like, Mind's Desire uh, being, like, an unbanned card by comparison. Yeah. Especially, like, Mystical Tutor, you don't have to jump through too many hoops to use it, whereas, like, Desire, you do, uh, compared to, like, Ad Nauseam or whatever. I think that's, that's my big take on it, is 
my big take on it will always be like the tutors tutors are very very dangerous and tutors that require little to no deck building restraints i consider to be you know almost frightening and i think mystical tutor is one of those cards i mean it just it gets the tutor for too much for its mana cost and it's an instant you know i'm just not no, I'm not about it personally i just think that it would promote problematic gameplay and the miracles deck even having the opportunity to mystical tutor for terminus i think would just make a lot of people tired real quick yeah i think mystical tutor for terminus and then being able to just loop that with mystic sanctuary <clears throat> would be an obnoxious dynamic um also counterbalance right <laughs> I mean, yeah. Counterbalance becomes a counterspell for one mana. Yeah, true, true. Um, okay, so I think Luris can be unbanned based on the yeah. changes to Companion. Um, I don't think the Delver Shells would want it. The deck that came to mind that could potentially still play Luris was Death Shadow. And then I remembered Street Wraith as a card, so you'd have to find a way to replace Street Wraith. But. You know, you can play, like, Jace VP or whatever. You can play, like, more of the Ben Friedman slower blue-black shadow list. And then the shadow decks can justify, like, I've already justified playing, like, a random copy of Reanimator 2. So even if you pay three mana to, quote-unquote, draw your Luris and it gets discarded or whatever, it's not the end of the world. Whereas, like, you know, you brought up the point with Delver. If you're playing, like, Grixis Delver and you pay three mana to draw your Luris and they wasteland your second underground sea, it's like stranded. Whereas Death Shadow doesn't have that issue. Yeah, and I actually I actually think that's that's healthy gameplay. Is <laughs> the fact that you could like take them off the colors. You know? I I think that Luris is one hundred percent fine. Um I would look forward to trying to play Luris in my Esper standstill deck again because like I'm okay with that way. It plays, you know. Um, I I think Luris is fine. I think that there's enough, especially with the mechanic now, the three mana sorcery, to bring it back. Um, I've heard a lot of people mention you can't stifle it. They're upset about that. I don't really care. Like I'm just happy that the companions are able to be interacted with out of their hand at least. You know, if if Delvers or any deck is going three mana, bring it back. Three mana, cast it. You can't do anything about that. Well, that game was over anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, complaining I, that you can't stifle them getting their companion is just the dumbest thing ever. But people will complain about stupid shit. Um, but yeah, like the difference between Luris being a three mana Mistress Bobble and being a six mana Mistress Bobble is night and day. Uh, so I think it's fine to unban. Thoughts on Frantic Search? Frantic Search, just for my boy Marcus, but also because High Tide, it would be a new, it would be another aggressive fast semi-fast like turn two to three combo deck because frantic search would actually speed it up um mm-hmm. and i would be okay with that i just want to bring combo decks back into legacy because even though a lot of people complain about combo decks when they're prevalent when there's no combo decks these mid-range decks are just getting to like beat up on all of you all without with the value engines like it's just hysterical to me that we've got one side of the coin that just doesn't want combo decks to be prevalent no because there's no skill, this, that, and the other, whatever. But then when there's no 
combo decks, then these mid-range decks just are going to play mono two-for-ones. And Wizards likes to print two-for-ones, so <laughs> it's just going to be... It's going to be a problem. I'd say Frantic Search is another card that's it's blue, it's three mana. I'm okay with it, you know? Yeah, I'm fine with it. The idea of making Legacy more of a rock, paper, scissor format is interesting to me. Because right now the format is just like rock and then a scissors deck that is secretly a rock deck. And then a paper deck that like sideboards into a rock deck. So I'm fine actually having a wider array of decks that force you to respect more than just blue soup. So there's that. I, then, I think that's the answer to blue soup. Like a lot of people don't understand that, but I think if you answer blue soup by making the format quote unquote wider a little bit, even though people hate wide formats, if it was wider, blue soup couldn't be, you know, when Checkpile was struggling was when we had like reanimator storm um, and the Grixis Delver deck. So, like, Check Pile, like, because Check Pile was a better mid range deck than Grixis Delver. The Deathrite era is what I'm referring to. But Check Pile had to respect the Stompy decks and the Combo decks and the Delver decks. And so Check Pile was diluted because of. Where I think this season's Check Pile isn't diluted at all. They're just trying to beat each other up. Yeah. Um. And then kind of the last thing we had on the list where we were talking about, you mentioned that you kind of wanted to see Renin 6 back, which is a scalding hot take. <laughs> and I countered with kind of two things. Uh, if you unban Renin 6, I'd be curious to see what happens if you unban Deathrite Shaman. I know I was talking about banning Astrolabe earlier because of arbitration of mana, blah, blah, blah. I'm mostly, this is mostly just me being curious I think this format would probably be heinous blue soup, but Renin Six versus Deathrite Shaman, um, with the potential for Renin Six and Deathrite Shaman in the same deck. But the caveat to that would you have to ban Delver of Secrets, because like Renin Six and Deathrite, if they're only in like these bigger like pseudo mid range control decks, they're annoying cards. But I think they're fine. But I think where the issue came comes is like when Delver decks get to have like Planeswalkers or Pseudo Planeswalkers for so cheap. It just creates a like absurd game dynamic. Um, so I'd be curious to see what would happen if Renin 6 and Deathrite Shaman were introduced into the format without Delver of Secrets to create an easy shell. Um, but the only issue is like there wouldn't be like a Punisher Tempo Wasteland deck but you would have like field of the dead plus land or lands decks so maybe those would act as like the greedy mana police oh i i see i think it's one of those things where i've i've kind of wanted to see the format without delver for a while just because um delver reminds me of the fetch lands and then it and then it causes a lot of problems in the because like, a lot of people complain about Days. I don't even know if Days is good without Delver. Like, because the tempo loss from Days is a, you know, is very problematic. Delver, Delver is such a really insane good card, but it's also policing the format. Um, and maybe when you think about it like this, like, is it, is it the reason that Combo is afraid to come back? Because if you play your Combo deck, a Delver deck just, a Delver deck just trashes you. 
you know, well, I, don't I think know. it depends on how the Delver decks are being built, but um, I do, I think Delver <clears throat> is a good police deck for the format. Like the other good police deck for the format was Countertop Miracles, uh, in my opinion. Um, just because it like forced everyone to structure, like it structured the metagame and forced people to like, actually like build their lists in interesting ways to combat the various tiers. Um, and I like Delver as like an arbitrary police, but it's like an awkward conversation of how powerful can the Delver deck be, right? Like Deathrite Shaman Ren and Six Delver too good like the the issue that we keep seeing is we have we have like grixis delver with dreadhorde arcanist <clears throat> and that's like a good power level quote like arbitrarily but the second we get anything slightly powerful than that delver just breaks the metagame so death right renin six loris delver just like it's like the pol it's a good police it's good when delver is like this 50 50 deck that keeps degeneracy in check while also being able to contend with the fair decks but it's not good when delver defines them at a game and uh it's interesting to see like just any cheap effect that can get played by blue decks that is some source of recurring advantage the delver decks can just like push to the edge so i don't know i'd i'd be curious still for the problem that that's well, yeah. basically that that's where I'm saying. It's like I, I look at it like Delver is so good even though because it's it's you know, basically it's proactive magic at its finest. Right? It's not gonna draw extra cards, it's not gonna do anything, it's just gonna put you on a clock. You you you've got choices to make and you better make them quick. The um the issue is that Delver defines the construction of that deck. It's like it's all it's it's less that like Delver Delver in a vacuum, not good enough to ban, right? But, like, when right. you take into consideration how Delver puts someone on that fast clock, and it's like, all right, I killed the Delver. Okay, here's the Goyf. And it's like, you know, Delver and a Goyf and a Goose or whatever. That's a fine dynamic. But when it's, like, death right into Delver, into, you know, and you're staring down both of these threats, and you have one removal spell, or here's my like Delver. The rug, deck. the rug deck right now, I've seen lines where they're, like, Delver... Uh, I've got to deal with the Delver. Oh, they just played an Arcanist. Well, I've got to deal with that Arcanist. Oh, they just played an Oka. Right. It's <laughs> it's that sort of dynamic. Or like Delver into Renin 6. So it's less that Delver itself is ban-worthy, but it's more, it's just like the pressure that Delver provides acts as a linchpin for these shells. You know, you mentioned Days. Days and Delver work together. You can afford to play six forces in your Delver deck because, you know, philosophy of fire. You just punch your opponent in the face and that counts as quote-unquote card advantage. Um, so, I don't know. I, I don't think a Deathrite Shaman plus Renin 6 format would be enjoyable. I do think it would be interesting to see how Deathrite Shaman would keep Renin 6 in check. Because it like Deathrite Shaman dodges all of Renin Six's modes, uh, and counteracts the whole wasteland loop. Um, yeah, also stops the, the ultimate from being relevant. Right, uh, but I'm not sure what the decks would look like. They probably just look like Zvaka Pile, and like it's just one of those things that like Deathrite Shaman and Renin Six are so arbitrarily powerful by themselves that you're fine playing them in the same deck, even if you may have to, like, exile your own land with your Deathrite Shaman to do something. But, um, 
one thing I will comment on is like, I'm sure someone at this point is just like, well, a lot of the cards you mentioned are only good because of Brainstorm, Ponder, and Fetchland. I don't, I play Legacy to play with those cards, basically. It's just a heavy bias. So, are Brainstorm, Ponder, Fetchlands good enough to ban? Obviously. Do, do they define the format's identity and kind of make it what it is? Yes, you know? So, I don't... I mean, I'm all for trying sometime in some weird future timeline, <laughs> alternate timeline, a no fetch land format, but we're not there. And a yeah. lot of people would be angry. Because, like, it doesn't even matter about gameplay, it matters about dollars. When like, I fetch lands are a lot of dollars for a lot of people. When I think of Legacy, I, like, fundamentally think of, like, Brainstorm Fetch. Like, that's, like, one of the dynamics that I'm playing Legacy for specifically. And it's like, if that isn't in the format, then I'm just going to go play Modern or Pioneer. Because it's like, why would I play... Like, if I if I want a format where I can just get degenerately beaten the shit out of, but also not have a consistent deck, Modern exists. Or, or Vintage exists, right? Like, Vintage is fairly high variance. Or has enough variance that it's just, like, unfun to play at enu- enough. So it's like legacy gives you that sweet spot of consistency. And there's there's there are checks valves. Like the Stompy deck and stuff, there's a lot of ways to like deal with it, you know. I, I really do I'm curious about a Delverless legacy, just because I'm curious like what would happen. Like Stompy gets better technically, even though people say Stompy is a good matchup for Delver. Or a good matchup they have a good matchup against Delver. When I played Delver a couple times recently, I demolished the Stompy deck because Delver does its thing. So, you know. Yeah, like, it's. The, the, the matchup. Delver, Delver. The matchup isn't that bad. Like I said, the deck plays six Force of Wills now. You just, like. Those Stompy matchups kind of just devolve into getting a threat down and then not Force of Willing any lock piece and just only Force of Willing things that kill you. Correct. Yeah. I, I, I personally would like to see, like, you know, I'm okay with Fetchlands, I'm okay with Cantrips. Um, I, I wonder about Delver. But once again, I don't even know if we need to worry about banning a card like Delver, if we could unban some of the other cards in the, on the ban list and see what Legacy plays like with it. Get, give these new cards some old power cards to fight with. I, I agree. Ultimately, just raise the power level of the format, see what happens, and then tweak from there. Um... I just think, like, this air of, like, blue decks just... Blue mid-range-esque decks just being so powerful and kind of defining the format constantly with very little uh, variety to contend with is, like, meh. You know, like, people are playing Aluren, which is, like... It's the... Aluren is, like, Merfolk, right? It's, like, the, the blue deck that beats up other blue decks. Yes. Yes. So. It's my cup of tea. I like it. I currently like Aluren. Um, even Merfolk has been playing like the fastest Oracle uh, paradigm shift, and I laugh about it, but at the same time, it's frightening. <laughs> like, it's it's kind of hysterical to me that, uh, you know, I, I just think that a lot of these cards, they're not, I don't think they're that good if you put the old cards in. And so I'd like to see the old cards come in and beat up on them. Or at least put them in put them in check, 
you know, you're playing this on Oko. What is an Oko going to do against a uh, survival of the fittest? Right? You well, know, I, what is it? I don't know. I'm curious to find out, though. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of bringing back the old cards, you on Twitter. You on Twitter with the with the uh, the spoiler. Oh, the yeah. Watsy, like, you got to bring back Miracle Grow. Yeah. <laughs> they heard you like miracles, but I think they... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Good old Queer and Dryad. I've never played with that card. I... I, I... I think it's hysterical. Um, you know, I looked at your tweet and tried to guess the card before looking at it, right? And, uh, yeah. Um, I was getting all the creatures but that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like, I, I was really on an e-witness. I was like, it's got to be e-witness. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then, and then I thought maybe they threw you through a loop and and gave you something like awful, like heritage druid, like some kind of like or like Titania. Titania and standard would be interesting. I don't know. Ugin and standard is going to be somebody mentioned that you can Nessa into Ugin now, and it's like, oh yeah, that's uh, all right. Y'all have we call that ooh spicy. (laughs) <laughs> that's what we call miserable <laughs> i looked at ugin like five times and i was like this has gotta be this can't be true like and massacre worm massacre Ooh. worm ugin Nissa. um you know what since we probably aren't doing another uh episode for a while we can quickly touch on spoilers um so to fairy yeah yeah the real one, not the fake one, but the real, but the real, but the fake one was really close to the real one, which is scary. The only what I heard was that um, the rumor I heard was basically this to fairy, but you could cast it at instant speed. Yes, was what I heard or something. But um, <clears throat> I'm not sure if this card is good enough for legacy. But I do think the modern miracles deck, the being able to up keep activate to fairy to trigger terminus with Mystic Sanctuary is, like, very real. Um, what is this Boss Cat card? It's, like, Gideon, but not... Yeah, the, car- the cards... The cards are their attempt to apologize to mono-white decks, and white decks in general. It's been a... It's been a harsh couple years, and so they gave them a cheap Planeswalker that pressures, but... Yeah, I'm still just playing Gideon allies in the car in the sideboard that Death and Taxes are... Even three drop yeah. getting probably. Uh, the new Liliana is interesting. Um, just being like a pseudo like four drop Lily of the Veil. Yeah. Well, it's also got the 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 kill is the the minus is really cool because you get to kill what you want to kill. Um, yeah, I I think I this mean, is a nice change in power level relative to cost. Oh yeah, I definitely think it's like. It's one of those things when I look at it, I'm like, you know, this is this is more accurately powered for what we want to play against, not the three mana monstrosities. Um, what did you think about the new Mangara? Uh, I looked at the art and I was like, wait, Mangara's a black guy? What? Um, it's like white card draw or something that's probably only going to be good in standard or whatever, maybe. Or EDH or something. That's 
I like half read it. I thought them reprinting Grim Tutor is an interesting choice. Oh my goodness, I got Hype City for Grim Tutor. Even though I don't like the new art, I'm going to be able to get it in foil finally. Hashtag foil life. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Reign of Revelation is going to be in standard? Yeah. <clears throat> ooh. I don't know yeah. if it's going to be good, but ooh. Oh, Massacre Worm is back? Yeah, Massacre Worm was one of the ones that I was just like, huh. Massacre Worm and Nyssa? What? What? Um, Fierce the quick, The quick. Nyssa or Azusa? Oh, Matt. Yeah, we got Azusa. Um, wait, we got is... new Containment Priest, too. Yeah, Containment Priest is nice. Um, I like the art a lot. It reminds me of something that I can't quite recall. Like something from like one of the Star Wars spinoffs or something. Um, Land War Visionary is an interesting card. I don't know if it's playable in Legacy, but like the concept of just like a Elvish Visionary that taps her mana is kind of cute. I see. I saw Land of War Visionary and and barfed a little bit because I was just like, now the mana dwarfs draw a card. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's three mana. I think that's so. I think that's the thing they've been trying to like stop the the, the mana dorks for one one and two mana, and so they needed to go to three mana, but then they needed not to be such a cost if it just gets killed. So I I like it. I you think know. it's a very like well balanced card. Um, plunge is also a card that's definitely seeing play. Like plunge, I'm if I'm playing like Grixis Dove or I'm snap playing like a copy or two of that card in my sideboard. Uh, did you see that card? Yeah, that's the that's the no no more Okos for you. It's smother that also hits planeswalkers. Yeah, at all still at instant and still at the same mana cost. It's it's just like strictly better smother. Yeah, I'm like snapping off plunge. Um, Spark Hunter Massacre is cute. I was baffled that we gave another Murphy prowess. Mm, prowess like, is evergreen. I, well, I think they so they undid that. Um, that that actually was undid in one of the announcements that they realized that prowess was too broken. I uh, thought I um, I don't pay enough attention to know that, but this card just strikes me as um, a limited thing, like a reasonably okay limited card. Oh, I just I laugh when Merfolks get prowess. I just think it's hysterical that of all the creature types to get it, like, out of blue, like, Merfolk is the worst, because they usually play the least amount of instants and sorceries. So, like, in any Merfolk format, standard, modern, legacy, whatever, like, if it would have, if there was a fairy, it would be kind of interesting, at least. It's um, a limited card. It just, like, I read it, it screams limited. Uh, Peer into the Abyss is interesting. Daniel Diomato was talking about how uh, he thinks it could potentially be better than Ad Nauseam in Ant. Yes, I, I looked at it like three times. Um, and I was just like, it's like the doomsday of Ad Nauseams. It's um, seven mana, except for, though. Except for it rounds up. It's, it's still triple black. It's hysterical to me. Like, I, I think... Um, so much mana. I, I don't think it's playable. I think half the cards that we listed throughout the episode or will be better if um, if it was six mana i think so but it's seven i think 
it's just a bit off. Um, I love the fact that they. Uh, I I I really think that it's hysterical. What was it that I saw? That it's I think yeah it says uh, Mills in Teferi's tutelage. Oh yeah, they Morrow posted a tweet about how they were looking for a name for Mill, and they kept going around, and then they just decided to call it Mill. So, oh, that's hysterical. Yeah, I, I just think it's hysterical that they finally, however many years later, were like, "I guess we'll use the name that comes from one of our own cards." Uh, <laughs> yeah, not, I don't think it's playable, but it's just neat. Um, um Bane Slayer Angel getting reprinted is funny at Mythic. I figured like they would have downshifted it to rare. Because, like, I don't think Bane Slayer Angel is mythic power level anymore. Uh, in standard it will be. You think so? I mean... Oh, yeah, in standard it will be. In standard it'll be very... It'll be very frightening. Um, you don't want... You don't want in drafting someone to draft multiple things. Okay, sure. It's mythic because of draft. <laughs> uh, I will take the but argument like, that it's mythic because of draft. But I won't take it... It's mythic because of standard. Yeah, the the, the 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 legendary version was played. In, in when it was in standard, the legendary one saw play the whole standard. Yeah, but like, isn't this standard more powerful? There's like fire. Oh no, fire's got banned. That's right. Yeah, fire's got banned, and this card will be miserable from the blue white control decks sideboard because they'll be able to play multiples and play the um the the barge. The blue white barge, the death barge. I can't remember what it's called. I call it the battleship. I can't remember what it's called. Um, Hedron, the the Sphinx that draws. Oh. It's basically, Bane Slayer. Yeah, I don't think you need. Plus. Um, I know what you're uh, not enigmatic Sphinx, but I know what you're talking about. It's Bane Slayer Sphinx. Yeah, that's kind of why I was saying it. It shocked me that Bane Slayer was getting reprinted because they've just printed better Bane Slayers. You know. Well, and this bridges into that card. Right, this buys you time to get to that card. I guess <laughs> I'd rather like, see something like timely reinforcements get reprinted. Um, oh no, I'm I'm sorry, I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying like I think Mainslayer will see play, unfortunately, because it will buy them time into that Sphinx, which is basically what their plan is, anyways. Because they're playing like you know the the enchantment that makes the wall. They're playing all these like cards that just like buy time to get to the Sphinx. That's true. True. And so Bane Slayer is just now another moat that can start attacking eventually. But I get what you're saying about the mythic. It doesn't feel like a mythic, but I'm pretty sure in draft it, it will 100% feel like a mythic. Yeah, it makes sense for it to be a mythic as a draft. Uh, Spark Hunter Massacre, arbitrary comment of is artifact. It's three mana. Mistress Workshop exists. Um protection from planeswalkers and it being able to gain indestructible is interesting like a three mana three four that kind of boggles itself i'm curious to see what happens i'm not sure like if it'll see play in non-vintage but i mean i could see it seeing vintage play maybe what do you think about the the orrery card it's seven mana uh it taps for five mana and then draws a card for each color. Meh. Meh. Well, it also... It taps for five mana of any color. Yeah, but meh. The seven mana well, ramp spell... I don't think spell, the cards are good. It's... I just thought... 
I, I'm I'm curious how you thought about it being a mythic. Like, do you feel like this card's a mythic? I think it's a mythic just because um, it's probably the same thing as Veinslayer, like draft, right? Like a seven mana card that pumps out more cards. Uh, maybe this wouldn't be that high of a draft pick. I'm not sure. It depend. You know, we'd have to see what the rest of the set looks like, but. Yeah. And what do you think about the new island art? Uh, meh. I don't really like this border as much. Like, uh, meh. I'm just not feeling it. Like. Yeah, meh. I don't know. I, I like the, I like the, I, it's, it's weird for me. I like the border, but I don't like the art with the border. So I think like a different art with the border would be better or a different border with that art would be better. But I feel like the style together is kind of like, eh, I don't know. I agree. There's definitely a clash between the border and art. Uh, I think it's funny that it's, it's, um, oh, it's symmetric. <laughs> so I just want to see, I want to hear Rich Shea talk about it because I feel like it's actually symmetric. Maybe it's not in the real card, but this looks symmetric to me. I'm I'm very much sure that Rich Shea will find a way to be an old man yelling at the sky. If there's <laughs> anything that you can count on in this world, it's that Rich Shea will find a way to hate something new. True. Um, yeah, I think that basically just covers everything, and uh, they got a little more than what we had planned to talk about, so... Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was good doing this cast with you again. And we'll sign out for the real this time. All right. <laughs> See you, everyone. See ya.